0: In education, you have to have taught in order to teach. So after college, try to get a job, no luck. After master's, I try to get a job, no luck. So teaching was basically something outside of my reach for the next almost eight
1: years. Welcome to Black Educators Matter. This is more than a moment, it's a movement. Hey, it's Danielle. Welcome to Black Educators Matter. Our goal is to share the stories of 500 Black educators. We will celebrate the impact and achievements, learn from the lessons and challenges, and highlight the important roles that educators play in all of our lives. I'm excited to welcome today's guest to our show. As a do now, please tell us your name, your role in education, and answer the question, why do Black educators matter?
0: Hello all, my name is Ashley Russell. I am the lead IT instructor at a job force training program in Chicago called Year Up. been doing that for the last 10 years. And why do Black educators matter? We matter in that we provide a very unique perspective on the human condition that is often overlooked and downplayed. Passing down lessons from the previous generation to the next is a rule of survival in every single culture. And we were prevented from doing so for a number of generations and even prevented so from doing so now. Now we have access to more opportunities and resources than ever, and which necessitates us to take a more controlled view and active role in our culture and shaping it. Some of the main carriers of that culture are the people we learn from. So the more Black educators we have, teaching our culture and telling our stories, the stronger and more developed the next generations will be.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Come on. Now, where are you from, Ashley?
0: Born and raised on the south side of Chicago.
1: Okay. So if you can remember your elementary school experiences, what was it like for you K through 8? Did you have any Black educators?
0: Yes. I went to St. Thomas in Hyde Park, and I had a number of great teachers and one or two that weren't as... uh, good or, or professional. In terms of the great teachers that I had, these women kicked my butt into learning something. I was an unruly student in my younger years, did not want to learn at all, and yet these learned, loving, and caring instructors took the time to get me ready for the rest of my life, and I thank them so much.
1: How about your high school experience? Did you have a lot of black educators
0: yes well not a lot but i had two that definitely added to my experience coach easley and mrs anderson coach easley was my first introduction to computers and miss anderson was my spanish teacher for four years
1: (laughs) now you said that you did not want to learn as a young person. And knowing you as a grown up, that's very hard to imagine. So please connect the dots for me. How did you go from a young black man on the south side of Chicago who did not necessarily want to learn to being a black lead IT instructor? <laughs> well, my
0: first grade teacher. Mr. Chase was not the best man. He picked on me as a kid, and from that I developed the stutter, and then beyond that I did not want to be in front of the classroom in any way, shape, or measure. I definitely put learning in the back seat and taught myself everything else that I did want to learn. So that was my first poor experience of having um, a teacher. But through the others, they appealed to my nerd side and knowing that i i enjoyed science i just didn't enjoy the class structure so they put together quite a few lessons that that got me on board with, with with science and learning and learning history as well so again those teachers early on really kicked my butt into learning and i didn't really blossom until i got to high school where my teachers it was all all guys high school, so they beat it out of you, basically.
1: <laughs> now, did you mention that you learned about computers from your coach?
0: Yes. So it, it wasn't necessarily as in-depth as my classes were, but it was our first typing experience. So we learned on the old IBM green screens where most of us in, in my generation played Oregon Trail. That was my first encounter with uh, computers and then after that I didn't touch computers again officially for almost 20 some odd years.
1: <laughs> so let's talk about those missing years before we put all the pieces of the puzzle together. What was your college experience like? So you went to a Catholic elementary school and an all-boys high school?
0: Yep, yeah, and then Catholic college as well. So had the privilege of private schooling my entire life, my parents believed in education. So that was the one thing that they did not skimp on. They made sure that I could get the best education possible. All, all of, of my siblings that I could get a good education. So, and you asked me about high school, right?
1: College.
0: College, college. College was a very interesting experience. I went to a two inch school in a half inch town. <laughs> Yeah, it's is it's that bad. So, the school is St. Mary's in Winona, Minnesota. The population at the time, I think, was around 1,300 for the school. And the town was known for having 36 bars. And that's about it. And I ended up working in about two or three of them across my college career.
1: How many Black but, people um, did they have in this town?
0: I was one of a handful, let's put it like that. Okay. One of a handful. And... In that handful, there were about three that were American. The rest were all foreign exchange students. We had our own black club, as it were, and it paid off greatly for all of us. It gave us that sense of home where there was no home. We had our own little island, and that allowed us to go out and do whatever we needed to do on a daily basis, learn, work, commune with other folks, but then we always had our time to come back and be with each other but in terms of education in college i originally wanted to be a major in mathematics and computer science but it got to be too easy in the fact that the answers came easy so after that experience i changed my major a good 10 times and that that's just the amount of times i went to the registrar office that i remember but it went from Mathematics and computer science, to being a coach, to being psychology, to being biology and science, to media and communications, where I had my own radio station in college, which was a lot of fun. But then I settled on philosophy. Philosophy was the only thing that forced me to really dig for answers. I had... My little spot in the library where a cup of coffee, a cup of water and a Mountain Dew and a pack of smokes where I would live there after my classes and after work, writing papers, reading books. When I needed a break, I would go outside, take a book and take a square and paste the front where I could just read and all that. So I fell in love with learning there I can really heartedly admit. And then after that, I was a philosophy major for the next four years. So it's added a lot to my existence in the fact that I can step away and take a real look at my personal human condition, but then see others in their journey and help them along the way.
1: I love all of those lenses that you bring as an IT instructor, especially saying that you started off with that math and computer You took a long journey that got you to philosophy. Mm -hmm. Did you continue your education after undergrad?
0: Yes, I got my master's in instructional technology. After master's, I, well, earlier on, I would say maybe senior year of high school, I had the first thought of becoming an instructor, but never took it anywhere. Went through college, did all that, had a blast. College was a lot of fun. I learned how to party and study at the same time, so I learned something, <laughs> and then I encountered some great professors there that took me under their wing because I brought something that no one else had had done before in their view, just combining different thinkers and, and different concepts of thought. They never took those approaches, so they really took me under their wing in that philosophy department at St. Mary's, so I really appreciate that, and then... Yeah, everything kind of fell in the lap from there. In education, it's a catch-22. You have to have taught in order to teach. So after college, try to get a job, no luck. After master's, I try to get a job, no luck either. So teaching was basically something outside of my reach for the next almost eight years. Almost eight years, teaching was outside my reach. So after undergrad had to pay for all the schooling so got a job doing data entry and within the first 2 months i wrote an application to show people how to use the software at the place i worked at then after that they threw me into it and it's been a dream ever since so not having real formal education in it i literally taught myself everything
1: and you keep saying Absolutely. that Teaching was outside my reach. Do you mean because your background was not one of like a formal education major, you are unable to teach in like public schools?
0: I would have to say that that added to it the formal education in education for teaching, the proper licensing, Mm -hmm. and I would say an SME, a subject matter expertise. Masters allowed me to present information in a very concise way that, that attributed and made learning possible, but without a subject matter, the framework is almost useless. So then, IT, coupled it with instructional with technology, and there we go.
1: Now, because of where you currently work, you have been able to step into an instructor role.
0: Correct. After years of IT, Europe again fell in my lap, in that the Europe Chicago site was being opened in 2010. So September 2010, I got linked up with them that January, and then started negotiations and hiring. I was hired in March as site support, just site support. They saw that I had a master's in education. They allowed me to teach single class and from there I've
1: been teaching ever since. Been teaching ever since. So do you find that a shared sense of identity and connectedness exists between you and your black students and if so how did you recognize it?
0: The sense of belonging is one of the best things we can give to another human being. As an instructor it is one of the most foundational ways that I connect with my students. If they do not feel comfortable sharing their ideas and asking questions, how can I hope to push them to their next level? So that commonality must be there. In terms of being Black, African-American, it's a hit or a miss. Some folks appreciate that, and it really brings them to, there are other instances where, I'm not black enough and they don't make
1: that. Who would tell so. you that you're not black enough for people who don't know what you look like. You are a <laughs> tall, light skinned black man with a full beard and super long locks. Shout out to your locks. You are my lock inspiration when we work together at Europe Chicago. So how could someone look at you and say that you black man are not black enough?
0: The only thing I can attribute that to are Learn prejudices within our own race, and an almost ingrained inability to accept others that are not like me.
1: Mm. This is just one of many stories, and we want to keep the conversation going. Follow us on Instagram at blackeducators.matter. Visit us online at www.blackeducatorsmatter.org. Help build the movement by joining our Patreon. Now, let's get back to our Project 500 podcast. Yeah, you said human belongingness is like one of the greatest gifts that we can extend to one another. That is, some of that internalized white supremacy culture that we have is just really sad to hear about. What has been the most impactful moment you've had as an educator? And wait, just before we even go into that, for people who are unfamiliar with Year Up or just workforce development programs and what you do for Black students, can you kind of explain in like a sentence or two what it means to be the lead IT instructor for this program?
0: Yes. So Year Up, as you just mentioned, is a job force training program. We have 25 or 28 sites across the nation and our major base are urban youth or those without access to corporate america in terms of the benefits to our young black adults it's giving them access to something that they have been cut off from that they don't even know about a number of my students when they first get to the program they mention that they've never been downtown before never been downtown in a city that they grew up in now i don't know what that can what that comes from, but it's definitely lets one know if one is willing to look to see the divides that exist. And in Chicago, based on the history of Chicago and the way the city was actually laid out, the lines of segregation are very much apparent and still in play to this day. Uh So being able to for lack of a better phrase, show our young people a brand new world, it's absolutely worth it, worth all the pain and trauma, because if one doesn't know something exists, is one going to choose it? Not likely. If they don't know that they're capable of doing a thing or a series of things, are they likely to do it? No. So (laughs) we don't really teach a subject, we teach the people about themselves and what they're capable of doing
1: what has been the most impactful moment you've had as an educator
0: most impactful moment was a failure it was early on in my teaching career and i was building lesson plans this is going to be great they're going to learn they're going to understand everything it's going to be fantastic get there go through the lesson it was a complete train wreck complete train wreck of a lesson nobody understood anything there were questions otherwise the wazoo technology didn't work so what that taught me was don't shoot at the big thing trying to make a big wave i'm gonna be fantastic shoot for the ripple so that means teach the individual student then teach another then teach another then teach another That is how you make the real impact, is by causing ripples.
1: What is the state of education in Black America, and how did we get here?
0: The state of education in Black America, extremely rough, in that in the past four years, there have been, or even longer than that, but let's take the microscope of just the last four years, there have been thoughts and ideas that the 45th administration has done more for black folks than any other administration. All I know is there have been more school closures, a greater reduction in resources, and a whole plethora of things not provided to black communities and black schools. So I don't know where that's coming from. So the current state, we are left behind In terms of available resources, new educational matters, our books are decades and years old and completely infactual in some instances. So our education is in our hands. Let's put it like that. It's in our hands and it must be in our hands. I don't see anybody else coming to the hood and helping things out.
1: How did we get here? You mentioned the history of Chicago and how it was laid out. What do you mean by that? You mentioned school closure. So when I hear that, especially, you know, being in Chicago, you cannot help but think about what has happened in our own city. So how did we get here?
0: I would say it's not only black schools on that note. It's American education as a whole that has taken a massive, massive step backwards. In terms of Black education, it was never a real thing until we had our own and we could build our own. And even then, we're using old philosophies, old methods, old tendencies do not take into account the unique Black experience in education or simply the, the human condition. We were and still are thought of as not being capable on many levels. When I have worked with a number of students that in a couple of years will surpass me in terms of expertise. That's just a flat fact. And that's the way it should be. The next generation should grow beyond the previous generation in many ways. That's just the way it should be. Speaking upon the unique experience Family structure is one of the greatest supports that a person can have. And so if that family structure is disrupted, how can one really hope to compete at the same level as others that have those structures? It's the same thing as judging a fish by its ability to climb a tree.
1: And you mentioned unique experiences working at the organization where you work. You have access to students who have had various ranges of education. Some have started college, some have never gone to college. You said within a few years, you know that your students will have more expertise than you, and it's because of their exposure and their access to this work and to work in these fields. Do you think that college is necessary for all students? or do you think that there is a place for workforce development and job training programs?
0: necessary. In its current form, no. There is a lot in the college atmosphere that is not practical. And if anything, Black folks need more practical means, to obtain resources and the such and and, and to advance. So with that, job force training programs and trade schools would be better suited for us in that quick skill acquisition and then quick advancement in terms of professional means and making one's life a little bit better. If a person can't eat, can't take care of their kids, doesn't know where they're going to sleep, how
1: important is education to them? Yeah, it's about access. And when you're talking about IT and just future trends, there are opportunities for people of all ages, but specifically we're talking about students, to get access to these resources, to these trainings, to these credentials that open up doors for them that didn't even exist in previous generations.
0: Exactly. And in the next five to 10 years, there are going to be millions of jobs that the current market doesn't even know it needs, nor is it properly planning for the skill sets that those jobs need. So
1: So we're talking about future.
0: Yeah. Our people, if, if anything are resourceful, inventive, and we can make anything out of anything. That's, that's, that's one thing I've seen. So why can't we do something called urban farming? Where, we teach the sciences, we teach the trade of farming, we can go into other areas beyond that, but also we can feed our community. How many open lots are there in our city alone that we can transform into farmland?
1: So many empty lots just across the neighborhoods, or they are gated and it says like this property belongs to, and the address is in some far off suburb.
0: Exactly.
1: <sighs> exactly. How have you grown since you began your career?
0: Teaching has really put me in my place in that I have to stay up to snuff. Not only for the industry, but my students are hungry and they demand to know things. And if I can't direct them properly, then I'm failing as an instructor. Uh, so that's that's one thing. Be an SME, a subject matter expert to the T, and teach the new generation. Because in a couple years. I may be gone. I have to make sure that the new generation can, can actually fix things without me. So the, the idea of self-reliance is another huge lesson that I rely upon.
1: What challenges have you grown through?
0: I would have to say the fitting in challenge. I am not the smallest man, and I am fairly intimidating just on first glance. I don't smile all the time. So... Having to diminish myself in order not to irk other people or to make them feel at ease, that is one hurdle that I've had to do. That's their problem, not mine. I'm there to do a job. I'm there to show a thing. If they can't handle that, then again, that is their problem, not mine. So the philosophy that I learned from that, be humble in your interactions, not your work because your work is the one thing that precedes you always.
1: Yes, Mr. Russell. What advice do you have for first-year educators?
0: First-year educators? Hold on, I actually found that. There we go. Aim to help the student, then help another. Teach a person, not the subject. And you can only teach one class at a time. So take it one class at a time.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. What is Ashtek Wisdom?
0: Ashtek Wisdom is a company I started in 2018. At Europe, there were significant changes due to market, due to economy, things of that nature, and, and structural changes. So my position was officially going to be eliminated. And thinking for the last eight years, I have added... Sorry, the last 10 years, I have added $44 million to the economy in the skills that I've given my students, Taught over a thousand people. So if I can do that for others, why can't I do it for myself? But not being entirely selfish, one thing I got wind of is a lot of my students and a lot of good students were not being hired on to companies based on a piece of paper that says, you know, a thing. So with that, I created Aztec Wisdom to one, give my former students a chance to gain experience in the area that they're trying to push their career to, build businesses, support communities, and basically the rule of thumb is better Chicago as best as I possibly can. So that's why I created the company, but also to bring young people along, and they've done a lot of good work. There's some still, there's still a lot of learning to do but they're more than capable and ready to meet the challenges of corporate America and beyond.
1: Where can people connect with you and learn more about Wisdom? You can access us at our website,
0: www.ashtagwisdom.com. We will be starting a blog or Going back to our blog pretty soon, so we can give more information out to folks, but in terms of what we do, we offer services across the IT spectrum everywhere from help desk to networking to cybersecurity and to corporate training. Our focus is schools, small businesses, and communities.
1: Thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you for sharing your story. For those who don't know, I had the privilege of working with Ashley at Year Up Chicago. I learned a lot and I grew a lot working in that space. And it was also just incredibly powerful to watch you as a black male educator who may not look the friendliest. First of all, you look very friendly to me. But for people to see you in the classroom with these students, you guys hunkering over computers that are broken down, like split apart and talking about all the different pieces and like watching you work meticulously to teach them how to put them back together. So it was really just an honor to work with you. And and I love how you broke down your impact and even the statement that you made about being humble in your interactions, but not about your work. I think a lot of times people struggle with inferiority complex and imposter Mm -hmm. syndrome. And that makes Mm -hmm. us become incredibly like humble and shy and shrinking ourselves and diminishing Mm -hmm. our light. That's not helping us. And that's not helping the culture. That's not, that's not not helping anybody. So I'm taking so many gems and pieces of wisdom (laughs) from this conversation, but are there any educators that you would like to thank? Yes. My first teachers,
0: my parents, Dr. Hugh, Russell, MD, and Carolyn Russell, LCPC and CADC. My parents kicked my butt to learn. But beyond that, my other teachers, Ms. Gonzalez, Ms. Edwards, Ms. Carruthers, Mr. Jones, Mr. Green, Mr. Brown, Coach Easley, and Lawrence Blakely. All of these people have added to my existence. I have took their philosophy, their learnings, and I try and teach a new generation with that. And Danielle, thank you for your great work in shedding the light on Black educators and the state of the Black human condition. Thank you so much, and I can't wait to see what you do next.
1: Thank you, Ashley. Everything that you've done, it was, it is, and it always will be worth it. So thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Black Educators Matter. Are you ready to share your story? Visit us online at www.blackeducatorsmatter.org to sign up. Remember, make excellence equitable and thank a black teacher today.